Hello everybody, Tom here. Uh, if you listen to this then you'll already know that we're back and I'm really delighted to be able to say that. Uh, I just wanted to take a minute to explain why there was such a long gap um, between now and the previous episode and it's likely to make for fairly sombre listening so I'll keep it brief but just if you want to get to the talk about games that's entirely fair. Skip ahead a few minutes and you'll get to the good stuff. Um, so not long after we put the last episode out in January 2017 my mum was taken ill. Uh, she'd already been unwell for a long time. She was suffering from both multiple sclerosis and dementia. And long story short, unfortunately, she, she died in the February of 2017. And as you would expect, it hit me really hard uh, and probably a lot harder than I realised at first. So although I had said to Paul a couple of times in the months that followed that I was ready to get back on the horse and, and get going with the podcast again, uh, I just wasn't really um thankfully I'm, I'm in a much much better place now and i'm i'm really keen to make a proper go of the podcast it's been pretty pretty stop start ever since that first episode way back in early 2014 and i'd really like to get to a place where we're putting out regular shows and there are a few ideas we've got in place to make sure we can do that uh first and foremost we want to carry on delivering the episodes where we devote kind of the whole show to talking about two games that we've picked the the episode before these are after all you know what what came from the core idea of this podcast um the only issue with that is that it it takes a time for for paul and me to play through those games that we've set each other um so we've talked about interspersing those traditional episodes with some more general catch-up shows where we talk about perhaps anything else we might have been playing in the meantime uh, and this is the first of those episodes it's it's obviously been about 18 months since that last episode went out, so Paul and I had a lot to talk about. Um, we spoke for a couple of hours, so I've split that chat up into two episodes, and the first half of that is what you're about to hear. Um, I'd also like to include some more interview episodes. In the past, we've spoken to people like Sam Barlow about her story and Jonathan Burrows about Virginia, and those shows seem to go down well with the listeners. So we've got a few more interesting people lined up and hopefully more to come. And just to bring it back around full circle a little bit, one of the people I'm hoping to talk to in the next few weeks is Max Scott Slade from Glitches, which is a studio that's developed a number of successful games. And a recent project of theirs was a game called Sea Hero Quest. It's a mobile and VR game based around spatial navigation. And it was made in conjunction with Alzheimer's Research UK and a couple of leading universities in terms of research in, in that area. Um, and data to, to kind of put it succinctly, data collected by that game is fed directly into dementia research, which is being undertaken by experts in the field. And now I, I don't want to get all preachy about it. All I'll say is that obviously having experienced dementia firsthand, uh, anything that can help researchers get closer to more effective treatment is is incredibly worthwhile. So I'd encourage everyone listening to check out See Here Request by Glitches. And as I say, hopefully we'll we'll have a chat with one of the makers of that game in the coming weeks. Anyway, that's that's that out of the way. We can get back to normality now. If you're a long-time listener, thank you so much for sticking with us. And uh, if you're new, then welcome, and I hope you stick around. If you want to get in touch with the show, we'd love to hear from more listeners. Um, whether it's positive feedback or otherwise, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Look for at catchuppod with two Ps. Or if you want to send us an email, you can get us at hello at playingcatchup.co.uk. Thanks so much for listening. On with the show. And welcome to Play and Catch Up, back after quite a long break as, a, as an understatement. I'm Tom Bailey, I'm here with Paul Thomas. Paul, welcome back. Hello. 
It's, nice it's, to hear your voice again, Tom. Yeah, you, you too. It's been the best part of two years, which is ridiculous. Yes. Um, I think the last episode we put out was about games of Christmas past, and we talked about Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, and uh, Shenmue, which has just been re-released on PlayStation. Indeed. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, have I you picked it. Have you picked up Shenmue? Yes, I was going to ask. Yes, of course I have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't started it just yet, but uh, yeah, that will go to somewhere close to the top of the, the pile, I think. Uh, lots of lots of nice memories attached to that one. Um, but yeah, we thought just to kind of ease ourselves back in here, we talk maybe about a few of the games we've played in that intervening period, um, sort of between the last episode and now. Um, I mean, I mentioned. Sonic there you talked about Sonic 2 on that that last episode we did and one of the games that you mentioned to me you've played um in between is Sonic Mania did you want to talk about that one yeah absolutely so uh yeah um straight into it I suppose aren't we so Sonic Mania um was um a a long time coming for me um it's it's a game that um I think I no, I I know. I don't have to think. I know it was my favourite game of last year. Oh, um, wow. By quite a stretch. Um, and that's saying something, I think, when in a year with the Switch, with the big releases there, uh, in yeah. terms of Zelda and Mario. Um, and I think, you know, much as I said in the C- Christmas episode that we did uh, all those years ago, you know, <laughs> Sonic, unfortunately, for some reason, still holds, you know... Um, quite a special place in my nostalgic gamer's heart yeah, and yeah. um I, I i think it's it was it was a fascinating sort of uh journey with that game i can't remember was it was it announced at all when we discussed uh, i think it was Sonic i think we 2? might have touched on it yeah i think it was okay um but that whole announcement the whole the, the, the idea that we were finally going to get a 2d sonic game made in the style of the Mega Drive games, and not something that was a homage to it, but something that really understood how those games ticked yeah. by by people who have lived those games for an extremely long time, was something that was just um, incredibly exciting from the off. Um, the very first trailer of that just, um, I mean, it, it just blew me away, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, waiting sort of 22 years for something that's uh, in that vein again is quite a long time. And I think I think the thing with Sonic is, um, and it's, you know, that people go on about the Sonic cycle, you know, you get your expectations up, everything looks great in trailers, and then they introduce some new mechanic, you know, where will Sonic or, uh, you know, they just mess something up along the line. And it was inevitable to some degree that, you know, the, the view was... Well, Sonic Mania will inevitably mess some element of it up. Yeah, uh, but it, it felt different this time. Like I say, um, having fans creating an official Sonic game made by Sega is um, completely unheard of for the gaming industry. Really, um, I think I think it's becoming more um, noted that you have people who have grown up with games kind of producing the next in the series mm. um i'm trying to think of specific examples here but i'm sort of drawing a blank but <laughs> um you know I'd, for example I, I i read a very long time ago around um a, a, a kid who in america grew up obviously loving the nes and mario games just wanting to sort of his dream was to join nintendo and be yeah. an artist in nintendo 
uh, and there was all sorts of things on the internet when he was 15, you know, and he that was his dream and everyone was like, you know, you can't reach it and whatnot. And uh, sure enough, years and years later, there he's in the credits for a, a Super Mario game. So, you know, I do think the fans of certain genres, certain series do end up in some level sort of making um, and, and becoming part of bigger companies, I think. You know, games are massive industries now with thousands of people a part of them. Um, but the Sonic situation really wasn't like that. Uh, Sonic Mania was, was made by, you know, basically, you know, five or six diehard Sonic fans and very much in the vein of how old Mega Drive games used to be made, you know, very small teams and pulling things together. So, you know, it did feel a little bit different straight from the off, uh, from that perspective. And, um, yeah, um, to, to say, it, I mean, it, it just lived up to... It lived up to all those expectations, which is crazy um, because <laughs> games don't often do that. Um, you know, um, I, I, as much as we talked about Shenmue and Shenmue 3, I, I think some part of me knows that won't be quite the same as what it was, but I'm okay with it. I've made peace that, you know, that will not be this magical game. And I think um, Streets of Rage 4 was announced oh, yeah. just recently yeah, as well, which is yeah. another one in the very same, same vein. And again, I kind of just feel it's probably not going... You know, I would love it to be, you know, this amazing sort of follow-up that brings things forward. Um, but and, and and with Sonic Mania, I kind of thought, I, I, I put myself at ease to think, well, you know, if it isn't everything I want, then that's okay. But for it to be the best 2D Sonic game <laughs> there's ever been, um, it's kind of crazy, um, in my view. Um what do you know about the game? I mean, um, well, what have you seen? What have you sort of read about it? So all I really know is, as you kind of alluded to there, the huge excitement around that trailer, reveal trailer, and the involvement of Christian Whitehead having people's hopes, you know, being really raised to the roof. So I don't know a huge amount about him, but my understanding is that he was involved in kind of porting some of those classic games to more modern systems and essentially kind of chipping away at Sega to let him do that. Is Is that the case? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, so he he was very much he developed a long, long time ago. He developed uh, the, the the I can't remember what it's called. Chris, I think it was called the Whitehead Engine. I can't, can't yeah. remember exactly, but he used that to port uh, Sonic CD, which is a game that had never really been ported to many platforms. And he had it sort of working completely free of emulation, basically, and just he could because he rewrote sort of the entire engine for for Sonic. And it meant he could do things you couldn't previously do. You could put in. He could almost put in new characters. He could put it widescreen. He could make sure it would run at full speed all the time with full physics running and things like that. And it just allowed him to really port that to a lot of systems, and it was very much a proof of concept. And, and Sega went along with that, and it obviously transpires, you know, that he was porting that. I think he ported Sonic Two as well to the mobile phones. Then people expected he'd do three and Knuckles together, and then that never happened. And yeah. obviously, what's happened is he's brought a team together. Um, the other people involved, I think uh, one of the other teams involved says Whitehead, there's Pagoda West um, as well, and they were sort of artists, and again, part of um, you know the Sonic sort of fan base and community, and again, people that Whitehead had sort of worked on other fan games with before, and um, they, they just came together and kind of um, brought those elements together, and I suppose the final missing piece in that was um, the music, 
which was mm. done by I can't remember his name now. Uh, that's really bad, but a uh, uh, Spanish guy. Um, and again, he was well known, sort of in the scene, I suppose, for doing lots of remixes of the old sort of chip tune um, of, of of the old games and being really sort of um, T Lopez. There we go. Um, okay. it, it, oh, it, he was, you know, really sort of revered in terms of doing sort of excellent mixes to things, and so they kind of really brought, you know. <laughs> in some ways the a team together for, yeah. for for the fan base and um I, th- I think as well i think what's also quite surprising is you know you've got i think this quite a lot of it's spearheaded by the american division of sega um so there's a community manager there who sort of looks after the sonic brand and he was the one who really went with to to sonic team in japan to kind of broker you know the talks and discussions around utilizing the brand in this way but you've got an australian a Portuguese and an American studio doing the art across across with the Japanese studio. So it's a real sort of, you know, disparate sort of geographical attempt to sort of bring something together. And yeah. I suppose that talks to the way games are kind of put together these days. You know, it's, it's it, in some ways, you know, this is, this is what the internet has brought us, the ability to kind of bring all these disparate people and sort of, disparate viewpoints and and nostalgia from these people together in a in a way to be able to create something incredible like this um you know i think uh, you know uh, 10 10 years ago it just wouldn't have even been you know it might have been might have been possible probably not and 20 years ago it would have been completely unthinkable yeah uh, to produce a game in this way so you know i think i think you know, we've seen a lot of things like we discussed you know a lot of nostalgia plays in terms of uh, games coming out but um I think it just talks to um, just where gaming is heading, and I think I think it's fantastic that we can do this, and and it's viable, and uh, you can turn out great products. Um, yeah, I, just sort of touching on the game itself, I suppose, because that's sort of the history and what it is. But I suppose what what makes it special, I suppose, is that it takes a lot. It, it's very much a remix, a mega mix, if you want to call it that, of levels from previous Sonic games. Okay. Um, but it tends to it subvert expectations quite significantly, uh, and that's where it becomes just really interesting. So, um, you know, it will start off with Green Hill Zone, two acts, boss, etc. Yeah. Um, but what it will then do, it will um, sort of go through the different games and sort of pick out sort of key levels. I think there's only four new zones in the entire game, which. I think is a little bit disappointing. I'll get to why sort of a little bit later. But mm. um, for me, um, it, it, for the zones that returned, what was interesting is so what they would try to do very much the music, the level, the first act would be played straight. You know, so um, Chemical Plant Zone, for example, it's it's very much how you would remember it. It's you know yeah. it has the elements of sort of going up uh, the blocks and with the water rising and sort of that pressure point and the jumps and. There were bits in the first act you will always go, yeah, I kind of remember that, you know. Yeah. But what they try to do is they try and meld. It's still not. It's not a straight play even there. It's very much a melding of sections from the original two acts, I suppose, from the original game. So oh, they really? kind of subvert already. And then the second act, what they'll do is the music will be a very heavily remixed version of that tune. Uh, and then, but then the level will be incredibly heavily remixed. Uh, so, for example, I mean, 
spoiler territory, but very small spoilers here, I would say. So for a chemical plant zone, for example, you know, you had all the um, tubes and stuff that go around uh, in sort of the levels and you'd pop out in different places and yes. very much sort of roller coaster sort of sections. The big thing is sort of the second act is that they introduce uh, proper physics with this bouncy sort of gel, uh, blue gel, and you bounce on the gel and you have these syringes like uh, doctor syringes and you press on those and it'll change it from like blue to green and it'll make it super bouncy <laughs> and so by having those things in it just that's like a new mechanic that you've overlaid into this world now that you never had with the old elements and it just subverts sort of the level design completely what's really interesting so you have like i say you have the kind of roller coaster bits of remember the very beginning of the act you have kind of two helixes going up and down you know on top of each other they take the low mm. road or the high road and they kind of go up and down so they subvert that a little bit so the point where you step on uh, sort of a bubble thing and it goes up like a dna strand and it's um, a double helix going upwards so you've almost got this um verticality of that same sort of feeling uh, going the other way so they add these things that thematically feel sort of fit with the level but you would just never expect and because they happen you you just kind of it's a nostalgia play to some extent on those levels because you you have an expectation of how those should play and they do play like that but when you have these new elements you just kind of go wow they found some new way of making this level interesting and uh, I just think that's really clever Um, (laughs) (laughs) nothing more than that really I mean it, it it wouldn't work. The game wouldn't work if they hadn't nailed the physics and you know the music and the style and the feel. But those sort of new mechanics were the big thing, really, because that just wasn't what I was expecting at all. I was expecting quite a a straight play, a re sort of revamped and a relook sort of version, you know. Um, yeah. But the new elements just just. I, I think what's really interesting is that getting very deep with Sonic games you know Sonic 2 was a very sort of tight game the levels are very short and the Sonic 3 and Knuckles was always a very big sort of exploratory game yeah um, so less of a critical path and actually Sonic 3 and Knuckles has very slow sections in that game because it is about that sort of exploration whereas Sonic 2 was always very tight there, there are multiple paths but ultimately there are only a few critical there's a critical path that you take and that's kind of it what Sonic Mania does it blends the two, and that's why it's interesting. So it, all the levels have the ability to have that exploration now. They are big and vast and can take a long time to traverse, but only if you want to. Mm. The critical path is there to do it like a Sonic 2 level and finish within a couple of minutes. And what you get for straying off the path is normally extra lives or bonus levels, so you're rewarded for the exploration in a slightly different way than you would normally otherwise. It's not just there to kind of pad out and make it feel like an adventure like it did with Sonic 3. It's there to reward you with sort of uh, new things and new sort of things to see. And I just think... I, I, I'm just gobsmacked by that level of design because, as I say, to have that level of complexity in a game like this um, is... Uh, incredible really um, and, and and I think the reason I think that is because because it's a fan community and I expected at some level the levels might feel like fan made games and I don't know if you've ever played fan made stuff but sometimes they just go you know completely apeshit with you know <laughs> new mechanics here and new ideas yeah. here and and or Sonic you know they'll, they'll push the speed because it's always been that you know and do big ramps and it doesn't 
I just I'm really worried that the level design wouldn't be coherent. But it, right, it's more you. than that. It's 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 better than the originals in some sense, and that's why I just kind of bowled away by it. So obviously, I mean, for someone who's as into the series as, as you, uh, and for, uh, presumably a lot of the people this game appealed to, nostalgia is obviously plays a massive part there. Probably a difficult question for you to answer, being so kind of embroiled in it. But do you feel there's enough there for someone who might be coming to this as their first Sonic game, or is nostalgia um, a key to enjoying it? Yeah, it's. I suppose it's interesting that um, I think I think if you've never played a two D Sonic game, it's absolutely the one to go for um, yeah, because yeah. I, I mean it's the most easily accessible one in terms of um, being able to play it you will just miss out a lot of those nods and winks, obviously, yes. that are yeah. peppered throughout the game, um, of which there are many, many um, incredibly obscure things going back to the Master System and Game Gear versions of the game that yeah. you know you just wouldn't pick up on. So there's a lot of sort of real, you know, what I would call fan service in there. But um, I, it, I think it's an, it is an interesting question because... In some level, it it's it is accessible, um, but on another level, it it can be quite a challenging game. I think yeah. it does ask a lot for somebody who doesn't know Sonic um, inside out because, um, and and the, and it has sort of the mechanics of save states and things like that. But even me, I was sort of getting very sort of at times, you know, you're running out of lives and things and um, it's not an easy Sonic game, let's put it that way. I mean, yeah. There have been some incredibly simple, easy breeze-through ones and I don't think this one actually is. Um, I think it's actually quite a challenging game to sort of get the most out of it, but I still think it's the best of its kind, therefore it must be the one that you should play. Yeah, you know? yeah. So... Um, so- I mean, we touched on it on, on that previous episode. I I loved the Sonic, the early Sonic games, um, but obviously didn't didn't get into them quite to the level you did. I don't think I played anything past the sort of mid nineties, sort of Sonic Three, Sonic Spinball kind of era, um, mm-hmm. other than uh, All Star Racing on the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. But obviously, that's that's a completely separate type of game. What what did the subsequent kind of games do wrong that? Sonic Mania has addressed at the most basic level the the, the the fact that Sonic Mania is kind of built on the Mega Drive physics model yeah. and the way that moves and sort of feels that real sort of pinball feeling that some Sonic sometimes has you know mm. it it has a it has a level of momentum it's very much like you know, I've, and I've heard it again. I mean, you've got to make comparisons to Mario. You always do, but um, you know, um, I've heard it said even about Mario games, the original Mario on the NES. You know, as a real momentum and and thought about how those physics work. And there are diehards who will only play that version because the All Stars version tweaks it slightly. You know, they tweak sort of the elements. And I think the thing that makes this work where others have failed is that it doesn't tweak anything it doesn't mess with that model it is exactly yeah. 100% sort of faithful and and I don't know if those other games could ever have done what this did without doing that I think we're in a different time and a different place like I say I think you know 10 or 20 years ago we did get some 2D Sonic games we got sort of the Sonic Advance series on the Game Boy Advance and for the time they were they were quite you know 
they were they were serviceable games. They were you know good good games, average games, whatever you know. Mm. They, they were playable games, but they were never a hundred percent the same because because you know they, 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 I think up until recently there's been that march of change and and technology and progression and Sonic's always battled with kind of this. Um, uh, th- this view of Sonic in 3D, and they push that obviously, and mm. and and try to figure that out. And I don't think they've ever really figured out something that works in the same way as the Mega Drive sort of games. They've figured out something that works, I think, but it's not it's not the same. Yeah. But on the 2D side, I think was always again it, it was always about well, what can we put new in? So they put rails in that you can slide on or you know, um, new collectibles. I think they did like a double jump in one of them. You know, right. they, they kind of, and I think that's just the nature of how games used to be sold, you know, in a lot of ways. It was about what's new, isn't it? What, yes. What's this new one got that the old stuff hasn't? And this, that's not the sell with Sonic Mania. Yeah. Um, the, the sell is, here's a bunch of games you might have remembered, uh, but by the way, we're going to mess with your memory of them quite significantly. Um <laughs> And for someone who knows them inside out, I can see why it changes. For somebody who's like yourself, maybe doesn't really—I'm guessing you don't know the levels completely inside out from the old Sonic games. No, pro- probably only from from Sonic One is the one I played lots and lots of, um, and and I owned I owned the the two kind of major sequels. But um, but no, one one is the one I remember most distinctly for sure, because that's so, the game that's the game I got with my Mega Drive, and and for a long time that was the only game I have on Mega Drive. You know, I think we've touched on this before. Of you know, mm. in those days, you would have one or two games and um, and play them inside out. Um, so yeah, uh, the the levels from one of the ones that kind of resonate most with me. Yeah, and that, I, I, obviously there are a, a few levels from that, but not a, not a major amount. But I mean, it will mess with your head because um, maybe maybe less for you, maybe. But yeah, you 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 might just think it's the same. You might. I think there's, there's there's a danger with that. You might just think, well, this is just the same game as the Mega Drive games, but actually they they are just not at all, yeah. really. Um, yeah, yeah. And and they overlap they overlap things between the games. I mean, there's a lot of mechanics that were in Sonic CD, which I think Sonic CD was an incredibly awkward game, an incredibly stop start game, an incredibly um, just I don't know how to describe it. Just a I just felt it was sticking two fingers up at you all the time right. to, to sort of, you know, being purposefully like, oh, here's a place where you will definitely lose rings. And right. they've done things around taking, again, they've taken mechanics from that and merged it maybe with another world or another level. And just to kind of have these worlds that have kind of like got these bits from other games, even even Chemical Plant, the, the, the tubes from that come from the Mega CD version of the game on a different level, way down in the sort of um in the playlist of, of the mega C- of the sonic cd game so yeah it it just overlaps things in just incredibly bizarre ways um the, the couple of sort of remix levels that really stick out um again i'm gonna sort of spoiler one thing ever so slightly but um not quite so there's, there's hydro city or Hyd- yeah i don't know how we pronounce that hydro city hydrocity whatever Hyd- yeah. hydro city zone um and uh, Sonic 3 level, and what they've done on that is they've made Act 1, Act 2, and Act 2, Act 1, so they've kind of completely flipped them. Okay. Um, and the boss is a complete role reversal of what it was in the original, which right. just blows your head, yeah. because it's like, how is this even possible? And they managed <laughs> to do it, and 
moments like that just feel really clever and really interesting. Um, the other one that sort of really sticks with me as well is um, um, one of the early levels, um, I can't remember what it's called now, from Sonic 3. Um, it's the big sort of airship level. Um, and in the original game, that was always quite an expansive sort of um, area to sort of go around and sort of um, get through. On this, it's, I mean, it's absolutely huge. You feel like you're going through the entire airship um, from the top to the bottom to outside to around the, you know, you get pulled and pushed in every single direction. And I think I've played that level, you know, 10 times and it's never been the same every time. Um, so, you know, it has those sort of elements to it as well. And you just, uh, yeah, it's just really interesting. Um, just, just as well to sort of pick on the new levels. The new levels are amazing. Um, I kind of wish there were more of them. Um, the the art team and stuff did an amazing job sort of coming up with new concepts for this. Um, Mirage Saloon, which is like an old Western sort of feel, yeah. with like spinning chairs and all these Mexican sort of uh, thematic things and wanted posters and stuff. And a great sort of nod in the soundtracks of sort of, you know, the old Western uh, whistling noises and things like that. It's, it's fantastic. and. So uh, and then uh, the other one that really sticks with me is Press Garden, which is like so the first act is like a very old sort of Americanized sort of pressing plant for newspapers with all the sort of newspapers saying Robotnik printing his fake news about Sonic in the background. And, <laughs> oh, that sounds excellent. You know, yeah, yeah, and it's got those old typewriters, you know, the ones with the really sort of circular buttons and things, yes. and yeah. the levels made out of all those print blocks that you used to get, you know, to kind of make the papers and stuff. Yeah. So it has this really Western sort of, uh, sort of propaganda feel, and then the second act just kind of, it, the papers sort of just disintegrate and become like snowflakes, and it becomes like a Japanese garden afterwards, and it's all Sakura oh, wow. sort of based and stuff, and, you know. Um, and they play with that, and then the boss on that is a samurai boss, you know. Um, it's just... You know, and 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 you know, they play with the music of it as well. The theme you hear thematically through the game, you hear Jet Set Radio, you hear Streets of Rage, you hear oh, wow. Shinobi, and you know, you can feel those sort of influences in there. And T. Lopez has kind of said that that he was kind of that's what he's kind of going for with some of these sort of elements of the game. And you just kind of go, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> you know, it reminded me a bit of Bayonetta. I don't know if you played Bayonetta. I haven't actually. References no. in that. Yeah. Uh, you really should, yeah. I mean, the first Bayonetta has lots of Sega references and the second Bayonetta has lots of Nintendo references and oh, it's wow, okay. amazing. So to kind of have those sort of feelings, it really reminded me of that in a lot of ways. Uh, but yeah, it's an excellent game. I mean, I suspect you will be playing it at some point. I'd yeah. be surprised if you won't. You won't. Yeah, no, absolutely. I do I do plan to play it. Um, is there any noise about a, a new game on the horizon or is it, is it gone quiet for now? Well, so I, I don't know if you're aware, but they re-released it this year, sort of as a physical copy, and kind of added a few bits of extra sort of content and things like yes, that. Yes, yeah. Uh, Sonic Mania Plus, some new characters and things. Um, but um, I'd be very surprised if they didn't greenlight green light another one. I think what will be interesting to note will be um, whether it'll be all original content or whether if it will be some uh, old content with mixed with new again. Um, I would be happy with either, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. But um, I think my only concern would be I think they've cherry-picked some very good levels for uh, this version and therefore I think it'd be quite difficult to actually... You'd be picking the you know the dregs, basically, you know, for a sequel. I don't think it would quite work in the same way. But um, who knows? I mean, um, I, think, I think ultimately that's why it's turned out how it has because 
the art assets and doing that work obviously took them quite a lot of time and um, I know they did trips to Japan to, for the Japanese sort of level and things like that you know they did a lot of work on trying to get the feel of those four new levels really right and I think that took I suspect that took a bulk of their time um, and obviously they wanted quite a lengthy game and it is quite it's a very substantial game you know um, 16 levels or so I think is you know it's quite quite a number yeah. um, but um you know, so if they are to make a sequel, I think it might take some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, no, it so- sounds excellent. Uh, you've sold it, sold me on it for sure. Um, I think I'll be picking it up. Um, so what? I mean, staying on kind of platformers, uh, I won't have nearly as much to say about this because it's a it's a pretty short game. But I played um, just this past week a game called One Forty or One Hundred and Forty. I don't really know how the preferred saying of it is. It's essentially okay. you know, like a, um, a rhythm action platformer. Okay, I know um, nothing about this. Okay, literally nothing. I okay. thought I thought one forty was um, a puzzle game, or am I getting that mixed up with something completely different on mobile phones and things? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I've played <laughs> so I played this on PlayStation Four, and I know it's available on PC as well. It's published okay. by Double Fine, um, but it was made by a guy called Yep Carlson, who I think worked on Limbo and Inside the Playdead games. Um, okay. It is very kind of minimalistic visually. Um, it, the best way I can describe it uh, in terms of touch points, it, it's kind of Thomas was alone meets uh, Bit Trip Runner meets Sound Shapes. So it, it's kind of okay. Um, there's a kind of thumping soundtrack, and the, the platforms and objects in the landscape kind of move in time with the beat, and you you essentially have to kind of for one of a less wanky phrase be at one with the music to kind of time your jumps correctly <laughs> and um you can see they're really going for that that um kind of rhythm action um vibe with it um really short game probably an hour to play through um as i say visually is 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 where thomas was alone it comes to you you're basically playing um uh, a block um, that turns to a circle when you're moving and a triangle when you jump so it's very very simplistic visually but the soundtrack really really kind of um, overtakes you and, and you, it very short sections at each uh, each level and each time you reach the goal the music changes slightly and that changes the way some of the environment moves um, as I say there's, there's not a huge amount to say about it other than it was just a, it was a really nice short game to play through uh, three kind of main levels at the end of each one they're, they're kind of proto boss battles so at the end of the first level there's, it's essentially like a, a bullet hell shooter boss encounter um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, you unlock mirror versions of the levels at the end, so I've not actually done those yet, but obviously the, 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 there's not, a, as far as I know, a huge amount new to see there. Um, but it was just, it was a really, I'd heard about it a while ago, and I'd had it for a while, bought it in one of the sales ages ago for a couple of quid, and um, yeah, just just a, a really nice, there's not a huge amount more to say, as, as I say there, but um, it was it was something that kind of, kind of leapt out at me, and, and really, really glad I kind of played through it. Um, Sounds like my sort of thing. Yeah, I'll be yeah. honest. I think um, you'd enjoy it's it. Ticking, it's ticking a significant number of boxes here, you know. <laughs> Platformer, rhythm, simplistic sort of design, short. And and the most important one, I suspect, is cheap as well by the sounds of it yeah. as well. I mean, that's that's always good to, to know. Um, is, it, is it a one-button game by any chance then? Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you're just jumping and obviously using the D-pad to, to move left and right. But um, unless I'm remembering wrongly, I'm pretty sure that's it, yeah. 
yeah it's oh, um, so you do so you're not getting pushed along so you, oh you no sorry so bit trip moving. for the bit trip reference was really more the way the soundtrack is incorporated to your jumps and and things like that so no it's not it's not kind of a a constant runner um but but no it's it's just um move and jump basically and does it have um Obviously, you mentioned Thomas was alone. I suspect you've mentioned that because of obviously the shapes and things. Uh, does it have a does it have an emotional arc, or or is it just a game for game's sake? I suppose. No, no, it's it is it is a pure game game for game's sake, as you say. It's um yeah, very short and sharp, but just it was a real nice palate cleanser in between sort of larger games. Um, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I think as you say, I, I did think as I was playing it, it kind of probably ticks a few of your boxes. So I would definitely recommend you, oh, you definitely. give it a go. Yeah, oh, definitely give it a go. Yeah, um, and and I'm guessing the double fine thing. So I, I know a little bit about what uh, they're publishing. Quite a lot of games these days, aren't they? They're helping smaller indies, which is bizarre, uh, yeah. publish other games and bring things to bigger audiences. I'm guessing that's this is part of that sort of um, push, is it? And part of that sort of publishing deal is that is that how it's got to other platforms then? Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't know what their exact involvement is, but as you say, yeah, I was aware that they had started. If, if, few years you know a few years back now starting as you say to kind of ex- uh, help to get these kind of um other indie games out there lending their name um i know there's been a couple they've taken on that haven't seen the light of day there was a game i backed on kickstarter called last life which is a, a kind of a, a, a kind of noirish adventure game um but very very stylistic um that uh, the guy seems to have just all but disappeared after oh, wow. after Double Fine kind of cut cut ties with him, and um, soon after that, uh, I wonder whether the re- you know he wasn't progressing as they were expecting, but you know it was all an amicable split, and then he seems to have gone AWOL, which is a bit bit of a nightmare. But on the whole, I think they've I'm just struggling to think what else they've done. But um, I think they did Escape Goats, and um, yes, they did. That's right. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I'm really struggling to think what else they've published that aren't their games. But I'm sure there are other examples. But yeah. it's, it's so nice to see. That... Sorry, there's, there's a couple. There's a couple that I know of. Yeah. So there's the um, there's the VR game with the object. I can't remember what it's called, but there's kind of objects and pull buttons to press and things to look at. Um, very colourful sort of game. That I think that was a double fan published game. Oh, okay. I, that's on my wish list, which I sort of haven't even bought yet. The other one that I know about is Ooblets. I don't know if you've heard of Ooblets. Oh, I have heard of it. I don't. I don't know much about cutesy, it. Cutesy. Um, I think it's going to be almost Animal Crossing esque sort okay. of uh, feel. Um, and I think a very very small. I think it might be one or two people developing that. And I just think it's really nice that um, they're they're doing that. Um, it's almost like curation, isn't it? That that yes. you know, double yeah. fine are going here. Here is here is our. This is what we like as a company. This is our style. These are other games that fit within our style and ethos and you know aesthetic. And I think that's really neat. And I think um, Devolver, I think, is another company that does that quite well. Yes, uh, in yeah. terms of sort of pulling you know games of a similar ilk together in a sort of a, a label. Um, you know, and I think more of that is is kind of needed in the industry to kind of, you know, and as 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 we've both talked and kind of prepared for this, you know, our backlogs are uh, ever increasing, but um, <laughs> my wish lists are even worse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's really difficult to kind of go. Well, what are the games I'm going to spend my time on? And having people kind of going, these are things. You know, if you liked this, this is the sort of stuff you should be interested in. I think is is a way we need to go forward with the industry. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it and it clearly worked. Well, I mean, I can only speak from my experience, but it works on me. You know, I've got a lot of time for Double Fine. I've liked a lot of their games historically. So if they're if they're pushing something as something they they think is worth playing, then uh, then I'm going to sit up and take notice. So so yeah, I, uh, this one was definitely one of those. So yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say give it a go if you get a chance. I definitely will. Yeah, uh, PS4. Did you say? I did. Yeah, yeah, PS4. But I think it's available PC and. Uh, Xbox One and Wii U, I think. Um, I, I'm probably on, maybe on. I don't know if it's on mobile or it's not. Probably coming to probably coming to Switch. Most most games. Come yeah, to that's Switch true. Yeah, things, like, yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think anything that isn't on Switch already is always uh, uh, prime for now coming to Switch sort of announcements. <laughs> so Did you end up getting a Switch? By the way, uh, I haven't at the moment. No, I've played on one extensively, um, but. Um, uh, I, I'm sort of waiting for uh, an opportune moment when, well, when when my gaming backlog sort of <laughs> comes down a bit. But I yeah. mean, it's just it's it's yeah, it's it's very high on my want list. I mean, um, yeah, I want to play through Zelda properly and things, yeah. and, um, and Mario and whatnot. But um, you know what I've played and what I've seen of it, I think it's a fantastic machine. Um, I'm guessing you have one, given your track record with consoles. Of course, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it came out after we stopped recording, so I probably haven't told you the story of the the delivery of my Switch, which was no. um, I ordered from Amazon, and um, my only significant experience with one of the couriers they sometimes use. Most of, any courier stuff I get from Amazon is normally delivered by DPD, which I, I normally flawless. And then um, I don't know if you have experience with my Hermes, um, but the only thing they've delivered from me before was a computer monitor, which they threw over my garden fence, like but that the um, love, love the, the side gate uh, because no one was home. And they thought, oh well, you know what? I can't bother to take this with me. I'm going to lob it over the thing. So obviously, pretty pissed off about that at the time. Got the notification from Amazon that my switch had been dispatched and saw that it was from my Hermes, and I think I put on Twitter at the time. If they do to this what they did what they did to my computer monitor, I'm going to be really not very happy. And then about 30 minutes later, I got um, some pictures via text from my wife. <laughs> yeah, they had done exactly the same thing. They'd lobbed it over the gate. Um, the box was mashed. It was pissing down with rain. I was just like, I could not believe <laughs> what was going on. I was really, it was, it, yeah, it was. I'd had a rough, had a rough time with things around that time, and it was like my big treat to myself. I was just like, "This is not happening." Thankfully, it, it, it was largely okay. One of the one of the Joy Cons was seemed slightly dodgy. Whether that had anything to do with the way it was delivered or not, I don't know. But I managed wow. to get some replacements. But but yeah, I, it was not the most auspicious of starts to my my Switch ownership. But but yeah, it's an it's a fantastic machine. It's um, I must admit, I I use it docked a lot more than I thought I would do um, I, I drive to work and things like that so in terms of commuting there's not a huge amount of time for me to to use it but as my son has got older he's starting to kind of monopolise the TV and, the, and the, sure. the TV consoles Fortnite is a permanent fixture on my TV at the moment when I get home from work um, uh, so I can see myself sort of um, using it in handheld mode a lot more going forward no, yeah, I, I think it's a great little machine, and um, yeah, I think I, I don't know what how I would use it. I don't know if it would be handheld or not. I haven't sort of figured that out in my head in a lot of ways. Um, but I played it both ways, and I thought it was great. Um, I think when it, when when you're on a TV, though, I think you I kind of feel you need the proper controller in some ways. When I yes, sort of yeah. tried it with a sort of 
the individual ones don't still feel it doesn't feel like the Wii for they feel a bit small if you just have them in your hands. Yes, I yeah. find. The um the pro controller is is really nice on the Switch. If you if you do ever end up um getting getting one and, and having a bit of extra cash to 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 do that, and you, and you are kind of minded to play with a with a kind of proper controller for want of a better phrase, um I would definitely recommend the official pro controller. It's it's very nice. Yeah, no, I, I, it's 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 like I say, I will will end up buying one. It's just um yeah, and I, I'm I'm kind of sort of biding and seeing sort of maybe where Nintendo go with redesigns and things like that yes because I think yeah it's, it's always that we will yeah. see something like that so um yeah i'm just kind of waiting and seeing and um see it, i suppose i'm waiting for that sort of that uh, that different game I, I suppose i'm waiting for that metroid you know uh, that's yeah, the sort of thing that yeah. i'm waiting for something that they haven't done for a while or an f-zero or something that you know uh is really different for them i think that's kind of what i'm waiting for until i sort of jump right in um, so I suppose just just following on from your theme of uh, indie games, small games, yeah. uh, I'll talk a bit about Caro Blaster, which I picked up uh, on, only recently. Um, I'm still weird. I think I've told you this before. I like getting physical copies, so this was yes. uh, a limited run release. Um, very very short game, but I like sort of picking up where I can. And um, so Caro Blaster is a game. Um, Run and gun style, uh, gun star heroes, that sort of style. Okay, yeah. Um, but kind of, uh, is there bosses? Yeah, there's bosses. Uh, but different, different uh, weapon pickups in terms of different shots and things. But it's a very eight bit style, uh, not sixteen bit. Definitely eight bit. Uh, made by um, Team Pixel, mm-hmm. who uh, also made a game called Cave Story, which I haven't played, which I've also heard oh, is a okay. good game. Yeah, so. I played Cave Story for this podcast before you joined. Uh, really? Uh, in, the, in one of the early episodes, yeah. Um, I loved it. Yeah, really, really good game. So I would, if um, I would definitely recommend picking that up for sure. Okay. Um, from, from what I hear from this, I mean, it's a very different sort of game. It's more. Uh, I think Cave Story is quite Metroidvania. Um, yes. And yeah. adventure, isn't it? Um, yeah. This is very, you know, poppy for want of a better word. Short levels, bosses. Uh, moving on to the next five levels or so, um, um, it does it does really nice um, new game plus, which subverts um, entirely uh, what 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 is um, expected for a new game plus in to, to be almost this a, a doubling of sort of the world, you know, um, right? You know, it kind of expands quite significantly and gets significantly harder. Um, I suppose what I really like about the game is the 8-bit style. I think it's incredibly well done. The music is incredible. Um, it it has a real nice pace and a feel to it. It has it has it has that 8-bit style, but it's obviously taken cues from other things. Um, it has that sort of it has that oomph to it in terms of the connection and shooting things that say a metal slug would have. Where you feel that things are getting destroyed properly at some mm. level, you know mm. that you are ripping through these enemies, um, and it has a really quirky sense of humour um, with this boss who wants to eradicate these bugs and things uh, that seems to suffer from a heavy t- bout of depression. It seems like through the story, completely right. weird, uh, not 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 completely wordless story. Uh, it's got some bits of dialogue um, sort of written, but it has that sort of. Uh, it has some of that modern sort of feel to it in that sense. You know, in terms of it, it's not just... Much like you said about 114, not having a story, this does have kind of a 
a general feel of a story around it. Um, right. And it's probably got some message sort of underneath it all. You yeah. Know? Um, but ultimately, it is a frog with a gun uh, shooting. Uh, Salt. Um, things basically <laughs> yeah. and it, like i say it I, I think what's really nice is it has levels that feel um quite contained and small that the level design doesn't really um stretch um much in terms of that 8-bit feel it reminded me a lot of things not really wonder boy but i suppose i don't know early Shino, not revenge of Shinobi, almost like the master system one but not i don't know it has there's there's a real constrained feel to the way the level's designed. It doesn't it never really bursts out of that eight bit sort of feel. Um and it doesn't feel like a Castlevania or anything like that. It does it does kind of have its own sort of feel to the way it's been put together. Um completely up my street yeah. massively. Um yeah, as you probably can tell from the way I'm talking about it. Um <laughs> yeah, give it a go. I think it's fairly cheap. Um it's definitely on PC and PS4 and I think think it's just been released on switch okay of course yeah um, so switch would be a good nice place to play it yeah absolutely no i'll definitely check it out um as i say cave story i really really enjoyed so um i appreciate this isn't the, the same type of game but um but uh no, it sounds they're like not, they're... sensibilities are similar yeah they're not exactly the most prolific of studios i believe as well i think cave story was a number of years ago and this yeah. is their second game um so that yeah they they seem to be very careful and considerate in sort of their releases so um yeah i would give it a go okay okay so in terms of what else i played um i just wanted to touch on a couple of kind of big name games that you know i mentioned 140 is it was a nice kind of palette cleanser if you like in between bigger games i played um in the last year or so horizon zero dawn and god of war you know two of the real big hitters on playstation 4 very mm-hmm. popular um i don't really want to go into them in too much depth because you know they've been done to death across various types of media you know um i don't want to tread over old ground that people have heard many times before but i just want to say you know genuinely thoroughly enjoy playing through through both of them um obviously similar games in a way um but for me just a, a kind of a timely reminder that not to be so pretentious of my tastes all the time. I, <laughs> I kind of put myself up on a pedestal a bit, you know. I, you know, I'm quite a discerning gamer. You know, I, I, I seek out games that you know your your average Joe on the street might not even know about. But there's a reason why some of these games are so lauded and, and so well loved by by so many people. Um, I, I've been bitten by the hype before and been really disappointed. I think Uncharted is a really good example of that. Um, I've only played the first one, um, and it's fine. It's 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 a good game, but I, I'd heard so much about how amazing it was and how it changed the game for for video games, if you like. Um, that I was only ever going to be kind of mildly disappointed um, when when I played through it. Um, so it was just nice to come to these games a little bit after the fact as I normally do you know with with this type of podcast it, it's all about mm. the fact that we're constantly kind of going back to games that we um have bought and not got round to for 6 months um but but yeah both really left me with a big smile on my face and I thoroughly enjoyed going through through them and uh yeah I don't know do you tend to play the the kind of so-called triple A games or are you... yeah no I do I, I mean um 
picked up fairly recently for my backlog that I really sort of want to get around to because I've had really good things Titanfall 2 for example I mean oh yeah yeah really want to get through that because you know I've had you know it's, it's doing interesting things interesting ideas I think just because they're big name games they, they there's no reason why they can't do things I think you know and and I, I played a lot of Assassin's Creed games over the years I've, I feel I think some level that's kind of where the burnouts come. It sounds your intake of press suggests that maybe that was the trigger point for you as well. Um, those sort of games, you know, it's it's. Yeah. I think that's normally what's put me off some of these other ones, um, and the busy work that comes in part of, you know, doing the same things every time, sort of feeling, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, the the reason it's one I should have thought of when I was talking about um, big games. So that is a series I have, kind of the opposite. Thing with i think it gets a lot of backlash nowadays because of the um you know how often they've come out traditionally i know they've slowed down mm. a little bit more recently um i've only played up until um can't remember black flag um part okay. way part way through that one but i i really enjoyed those games they 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 have their faults um but assassin's creed 2 in particular i thought was was an excellent game so yeah, as I say, it was just more of a reminder to myself that there is value in place for these, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I suppose what I'm getting at is that I think it's it's the same old, too much of the same thing is yeah. not, probably not a good thing, is it? You know, I think I think you're absolutely right. You just need to sort of spread them out and things. I tend to, again, being thrifty, I just tend to pick up the big name games a few years down the line. Um, I, I've been in a very strange position this gen, actually, in a lot of ways where I'm trying to play. It's not conscious, but it just seems to be happening. I tend to play the big name games from the previous generation. If that makes sense, right? Okay, yeah. So things like Okami are on my backlog, or yeah, dog from there. You know, it's those sort of things where I kind of go, well, these are the big. Uncharted is a good one. You know, I haven't yeah. played those. I want to play through those. I started the Crash Bandicoot series. I, I, I'm kind of not doing the ones that are big now. I'm doing yeah. the big games from ten, twenty years ago, which. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's just me being, um, you know, different hipster, whatever, you know. But, yeah. you know, I know that I will get around to both the games you mentioned, God of War and Horizon. They will they will be played because, yeah. um, you know. Um, but again, God of War, God of War 3, I only played very recently, you know. So Okay, so, yeah. You know, it's completely, you know, I, th- I think I just come very late to some of these things sometimes. Like yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's on PS Plus this month, isn't it? So I've... I've now got that to play as well. Uh, I think I probably had the original somewhere, but yeah, ridiculous. Talking of places, I think that would be very. I was going to say that would be very interesting, though, if you do play that because it's going to be such a change, isn't it, to go to the old style? Yeah, it will do. It will do. I think I played. I played the original two. I don't think I played three. I think I'm right in saying uh, and enjoyed them at the time. But um, but yeah, it will. It will be interesting to go back and, and see the differences there. I was just going to say, talking of PlayStation Plus, just as an aside briefly, uh, Destiny 2 is free. Um, I remember having a conversation with you when it was about to come out, and us both having very very similar kind of approach to, yeah, I don't think I can do that again. Because we, we played a lot of the first game um, yeah, together. Right. Um, yeah. I, and I fired it up last night, um, just briefly, and it has a really nice... Um, kind of introduction where it gives you little snapshots of memories from the first game if you if you're carrying a save through and it it had our um had a snapshot of of 
me and five other players going into the the first raid vault of glass, raid. which which oh, you did brilliant. with, with, with <laughs> on the same team, and it had all the na- the gamer tags, uh, the, the sorry, the PSN profile names. That and it's just brilliant. like, oh god, yeah, that was a pretty amazing time. It you know for 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 all that we said at the time that we kind of pumped a lot of time into that game and we can't really do it with the the new one. Um, it it suddenly brought back to me. Yeah, I could easily get lost in this. I think if it, if it's as as good as the first one, I don't know yet. Obviously, I've only played sort of twenty minutes last night, but um, but yeah, it, it definitely was a, a special time for a while there. That the, the first game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, Des- Destiny Destiny One was in a unique situation in a lot of ways, though, wasn't it? Early in the generation, not much to sort of distract people from it. It was always yeah. going to be this sort of big success and. Destiny 2 has obviously had a few more issues in terms of monetization and things yes. like that. So, you know, I think... Um, but I'm sure... Um, I have no doubt it's a great game. Um, I say that about a lot of games. I just <laughs> know I won't get around to that. It's yeah. just not going to happen, I don't think. Um, yeah. That's going to be a lock and key and don't really <laughs> want to open... Uh, I don't really want to open that Pandora's box, if you know what I mean. I, I think, do, you know, I do. Uh, I think I want to move on and play something else. 